Welcome to the party, bung bung! It's your man Claytron, aka the big boss man, aka the uh, PhD of podcasting, aka the milkman, because I always deliver, aka the clumsy jeweler, because I'm always dropping gems, aka the Jules Winfield of podcasting. And if you don't know why, check at Welcome to the Potty on Instagram, and then you will know why. Now, we have had some technical difficulties, and we're about 24 hours late on the uh, release of this episode here. I've had to uh, re-record the info, and I don't have time to waste. So I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna give you a new update, news update. I'm not gonna give you no poor posture, no clay's reviews. We're gonna get straight into this, and um, we'll make up for it with a barn burner of an episode on um, the weekend. Now, I've got a guest here today. Uh, Ben McPherson, photography extraordinaire for all your photography needs. What kind of photographer do you need? Who gives a fuck? Ben is the man. All right. So here's me and Ben chopping it up. Please welcome to the party, Ben McPherson. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April. Shot down in May, but I know I'm gonna change that tune when I'm back on time. Has, has photography on always June. been something that you've not really. Uh, like, I was really into design and drawing or like drawing mm-hmm. um when i was a kid like uh <coughs> sorry you're right um i like there were a few drawing books and stuff at school and i was really into like dragon ball z and like i wasn't allowed to watch tv in the mornings, so i would like wake up and like hit record on the vcr record dragon ball z and then like i'd get home from school i'd run home from school rewind like skip past Pokemon because I didn't really watch Pokemon. Yeah. And then watch Dragon Ball Z. And Dragon Ball, like the characters are really easy to, like yeah. they're really simple line, line right. drawing. And I was really good at like, or I was competent at copying, not necessarily tracing, but like copying. And so I was really into to that. And then um, uh, that kind of went into like design as I kind of got more into like BMX. Yeah. And, um, then like through magazines i just kind of yeah was shooting photos of me and my friends and that kind of yeah like combined photography design and then i was kind of thinking oh like what do people do for jobs and stuff like that and photography wasn't ever as big of a desire as design was yeah just because i was never exposed to um never exposed to like the life of a working photographer yeah and not that i was exposed to a designer in like mount gambia like there was no one um but that was just like what a job was to be a designer so then um i worked as a designer for a little bit after uni and i worked in a few studios and then after that uh the studio that i was working for the guy was like look we're pretty quiet at the moment it was just like a one person studio and he was like but a photographer that we work with a lot he needs a new assistant 
and like your photography work is way better than your design work okay. so, <laughs> and I was like oh fuck alright sorry oh, I, gotta, I guess I better go do that right and um so I met with this photographer and I never knew what a commercial photographer was ever okay. like had no idea what a photographer I knew there was like wedding photographers and skate photographers and newspaper photographer but I never I had no idea I kind of had a bit of a, a thought that they were a bit cheesy which like they are like, right. to a, like like broadly they are and I met this one guy and instantly like holy shit life completely changed he like I yeah even just like looking at his work like just went on his way I don't know how I'd never been on a website like that or just looked at work and I was like yep this is it forever for the rest of my life this is what I want to do really so it was just like is that quick it was like a snap yeah I think like you know you don't know what you don't know and so whenever you're like kids nowadays don't really have that experience of not accessing something Mm. like the only access I had to BMX was a magazine you know like the internet was like I got into BMX probably like very early on in high school, probably yep. year nine. And the internet wasn't, you know, I was like going on the internet to print off pictures of koala bears and go on the Legoland website. Like yeah. I wasn't using it to, and like cameras were expensive. So no one was photo, like shooting photos and uploading and all that. it was very hard. And so the only connection I had with BMX was through magazines. And so now, and that process of learning and being exposed to things was kind of gradual, especially being in like regional a regional town and then I uh, met this guy and he was like you know like this is how I work this is the kind of work that I do this is how I do the work and this is like my life and it was just like yep sweet like everything and so uh yeah I assisted him for nearly two years and so and that was in Sydney uh, I was here, oh, here. sorry yeah. yeah so that um a photography assistant it's a weird um it's a weird job. It's definitely like an apprenticeship, yeah. but you're not getting tool allowances and stuff like that. Like right. it's not like a formal apprenticeship. It's you meet someone and, and this guy, he basically like pays you to be his friend, like to ha- or her friend, you know, like you hang out with them, you get to their house before the sun comes up. You look at an email he sent you at like midnight the night before with the list of what needs to go in the car. Yeah or the van or whatever you pack it you double you you check you double check because you don't want to be responsible for like leaving a little especially video sometimes if we're doing video you leave a mic cable and you ruin a fifty thousand dollar shoot you know so like you yeah, pack right. the car in the dark and then he kind of rolls in and he, you have a quick chat and then you make sure you're all sweet and then you go out and you shoot for, you assist for like 14 hours and then you come home and I caught, I was, you know, then walking to the bus stop and catching the bus home. What does assisting entail? Oh, like, like holding up those. Yeah, like holding shit, packing stuff up, like dragging cases. Like it sucks, but it's like the best. Like you really are the person's friend. Yeah. It's there was a, I know there was a movie about like two people that work together, and it's like. Oh, it might be like the Adams. It might be funny people or something like that. Oh, where yeah. he's like, you're my best friend and I don't even like you. Or like, you know me the best and I don't even like you or something like that. Yeah. And it's not like that. Like you really grow to, to like care for whoever you're assisting. But it is one of the, towards the end of, you know, you're getting like 
in this symbiotic relationship with the photographer when you're handing them lenses before they've asked for them. Yeah. Like, you know, the next photo is coming up. So yeah, like, yeah they're going to need to shoot on this or like, and you know, so you like learn how they light things and their signature of how they light. And, um, you're just basically making their life easier. Um, you know, putting change in the cup, like in the parking meter, you know, making the day go and, and, um, it's good, like, you know, that I've, you know, if I've got a dollar in the bank, 50 cents is because of that photographer. Right. You know, like, everything between, like, my, the way I speak to clients, the way I try and carry myself, a lot of it is because of the way that you learn from that person. And two, two years of one, like, one-on-one time. Yeah, like, lot, four like, days a week, five days a week. comparing it to a trade, like you said, you don't get two allowances or whatever, mm. but... You, like if you're a builder or a carpenter or whatever, generally there's going to be a team of people like to put up a house. It's not just one, like two yeah. dudes. So the the time split by yeah, how yeah. many people are in that team. Whereas you've got a one-on-one relationship with this guy or girl mm. and um, you, you benefit a lot more from that. I would yeah. Imagine. It's definitely like you, I wish like, you know, being young, you don't really know at the time, but you know, I wish I could tell myself like, you know, you don't need to get a thank you to, for this person to be like valuing, you know, your contribution to their business, you know, like a thank you is not what you should be looking for. The fact that they're calling you again, yes. Um, you know, like not that you're just in it to get the job or whatever, but like, thank yous are not really what goes around. It's like, Obviously, I like you. I'm paying you to be here. Yeah, you know, right. I don't have to. Like, there's maybe that job. Like, you know, people fight to get assistant roles in Sydney. And New oh, York I can and imagine yeah, it's yeah. not easy. Like, I mean, photographers may be pretty prevalent in today's society, but um, people people want to be in creative roles. So mm. it's, oh, not, it's, it's not it's not easy to thing. get there. But on what you were saying before, like I always all my guests I'm always comparing what they do to like basketball for instance so I just remember like being young like and I felt like coaches were like picking on me or whatever and I'm like oh they're never saying good job they're always saying be better at this be better at that and it's like uh, I once had a coach tell me when I stop giving um, like critiquing you giving you advice that's when I've given up on you like you don't you don't need good job because that's mm. when you think you've mastered mm. that and you're, yeah. you know, you're 14 years old. You haven't mastered anything. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, yeah. And I still talk to that guy all the time and, um, yeah, it, it's a really, um, it is like a baptism of fire sometimes. And like, I know in different cities and like, you know, some people assist their whole life. Like, uh, one of my peers, like he's in New York at the moment and he's still assisting, but he's still, like a good assistant in New York is infinitely more talented than a good photographer in Adelaide. Like, like obviously it's not the case all the time, but you could be assisting like one of the best photographers in New York. Yeah. You still got to be a bloody good photographer to to be an assistant. Yeah. 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 So, and yeah, like, so that in the end, I just got too busy to give him four days straight, you know, like he, he told me, he's like, you know, cause I was doing one day a week at, at the camera shop. So like after uni, I would 
to get my, I tried to like work as much as I could in a small amount of time as I could. And so I would do nine till nine on Fridays at this camera shop. And just cause my background's in retail and I really like, I like retail, I like yeah. talking to people and solving, like selling old little cameras to old ladies and stuff. Like I, I find it really nice to just kind of solve their problems. Um, and then I would go via KFC to the club and I would shoot in the club till like four in the morning. So I'd be like a 9am to 4am day yeah, for me, right. but it's like rent is paid, bills are paid, phones paid. I wasn't paying for, I didn't pay for drinks for like five years of my life. And like the rest, okay, Sunday I sleep and then um, Monday to Thursday, I'm totally free to waste as much time as I want assisting with not making much money yep. or doing it. So yeah, like I'm just trying to like get my bases covered and um, the rest of the time maximize the time I could to, to waste time and money, which was like learn, yeah, you know, through assisting and doing little shitty jobs for friends that have no money or people that don't want to pay any money and stuff like that. And, and that was probably ooh, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And then just went out on my own. Um, uh, just did more commercial work. Like uh, in the end, like, you know, you'd assist for maybe 250 bucks a day, but, and so you'd get a grand a week or whatever, but then every, every now and again, you'd get your own photography job, which would pay like a thousand bucks for a day. Yeah. And it's like, all right, cool. Like clearly I'm going to do that. Yeah. And it's, it's scary. Like for any person, um, to kind of stop that income. Um, but man, it's fine. I had the camera shop, so it was all good. Yeah. Um, but going back to what you're saying before about like how it is a pretty trendy job I, I find really funny like because it definitely is mm. like holy shit like like oh there so, like even especially like fashion photographers or travel photographers oh you go on just just on instagram yeah. every second profile's got a little camera emoji and photographer and it's yeah. like well are you or do you just take instagram pictures yeah is that funny or is that frustrating for uh, like i think yeah, look, it used to be frustrating and I used to get really annoyed when I would... See, you always get annoyed when you see people do something that, you know, you can do. Yeah. Like, you can see, you're, you know, you always consider yourself, like, a competitor with them. But, you know, I, I'm sure the guy who, like, used to... You know, the guy who made horseshoes got probably pretty mad at, like, Henry Ford when he was, like, designing the car. Yeah, you right. Know? And, like, as much, like same as like chalk like the government wasn't handing out packages for chalkboard makers when whiteboards became a thing you know yeah. so i think there does lie a certain responsibility with a photographer to look at the industry and you know like sometimes i see some kid who's like a travel photographer or whatever and like or maybe a, a girl who's an influencer and um you know has a phone and takes a bunch of photos and you know, I might like the knee jerk is to like, oh, fuck this. Like this sucks. Like what is she, but the client, like it, the, the market dicta dictates what the reality is, you know? And so I think you can either like buck against it and kind of, you know, be really anti that. But then the other side of it is just like, focus on what makes you good. Focus on your point of difference. Um, I like a lot of the I think we're past that point now where everyone relies on the technical like it used to be all about megapixels and shooting 4k and stuff like that yeah 
And that was definitely a point for me when I was like, oh yeah, like I can shoot slow-mo and I can shoot HD now and all this stuff. But nowadays, because that the, the technical barrier has been completely removed, yep. everyone is a photographer. And I really like the sense of, um, with viral content and with virality of how things kind of rise to the top, the best content will win yep. regardless of execution. And so... So I guess that's where your, your eye comes in. Mm. So people that haven't studied might be a quote-unquote travel photographer, but, you know, are they taking into account framing, rule of thirds, lighting, or are they just taking snaps and posting them? Mm. And if you take the same one, people are going to be able to tell the difference at that point. Yeah, I think like the technical capabilities nowadays have cancelled out a lot of my skill. Like it's, um, you know, nowadays there's no excuse for it not being in focus. It, the colors should look incredible. You want to make it look like some film photo? Cool. That's like super easy to download the film yeah. like pr- preset or whatever. Like every, like you can shoot 20 frames a second photo. So it's almost video now. You can shoot like you know 20 megapixel at 20 frames now and so um you know everything should look good there's no excuse for it looking bad but now it's it's about like does it tell a story does it um resonate with people viewing it and that you should probably be asking a lot more of Mm -hmm. you know back like back in the day when you know it was hard to shoot concert photography or whatever like it was a bit more raw to shoot like iggy pop with a film camera or something like that yeah but nowadays like some kid shooting iggy pop it's like i know the photos still aren't going to be better like even though the cameras are better it's like it's not just a technical um a really good example of that is uh so an agency here in adelaide a while ago did a a campaign for like hands off our ambos and it was shot on an iphone 4 Okay. And it was shot vertical and it was basically just like a bootleg viral video of like a guy beating up an ambulance mm-hmm. driver. But the guy who shot it was, a, he was an actual filmer and he'd usually use like a red or something like that, but he was using a phone. And I don't think that matters at all. Like, you know, if a client says to me, like, I only have budget to shoot this on a phone. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like it's still going to cost you. Like, yeah. you know, that's why you break your quotes down and not just gear and that, yeah. you know, you break it down into your time and, and your eye and stuff like that. And so when you're at uni, like I studied graphic design and they teach you about the creative is most important, like the idea. Yeah. The idea is most important. All the other stuff doesn't matter. It's great now because kids like, because everyone, it's kind of like, um, cause running is the most popular sport. Because okay. anyone can do it, yeah. you know. I don't really think a Formula One driver is like a supreme athlete compared to a runner because how many people in the world have the have the chance to be a Formula One driver? Kids in Kenya aren't exactly like getting to trial on yeah, Formula right. Fours and stuff. Anyone can run. And so I consider the fastest runner in the world to legitimately be the fastest runner in the world. Yeah. You know, Ken Block wouldn't be a rally car driver if he wasn't rich from DC, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And so now with phones, if you're a good photographer, like, and you can be a good photographer anywhere in the world, like yeah. there are more phones than there are toilets in the, like people have access, more people have access to phones than they do clean toilets. And so... You know, there are photojournalists in Iraq who are shooting exclusively from iPhones that are like beautiful, you know, and they're there in the shit getting it. And, you know, like I do think that that you should know the technical, 
like you should know what you know settings and lighting and stuff like that but if you're like a war photographer conflict photographer or you know i think it's that if your message is still strong like if you're still getting the photo like a lot of that shit is like like i could never be uh for a while there i wanted to do the whole vice thing and go to afghanistan and like you know shoot all the stuff but the hard part of that isn't the photo like yeah. the hard part of it is not dying and you know like a lot of there's a lot of hipsters over there doing that like for every starving kid you see in a photo there'll be 20 people behind them with a cannon right. like shooting that photo it's almost like tourism you yeah. know and so the technical yeah like kids should learn it for sure but if your if your message is getting across then like Clients don't care. Like, clients do not care. They do not know about the technical. So, like, if you're delivering quality product to them, like, I think if the messaging is true, then, yeah, it's fine. Right. Yeah. That's how I feel about, like, new technologies because the technology will always change and you just have to concentrate on the messaging because, like, like, Worldstar has pretty good, like, you know, readership. Like, yeah. and they're not vetoing all their content to make sure it's supreme. Like, yeah. I, I, I ha- used to, there's a qu- equation that I used to run, and it was like either boring content produced really slickly mm-hmm. or really engaging content, and the production doesn't have to be that good. So it's like a black and white, blurry photo of Elvis, like dying, or like Jack Ruby shooting. Did Jack, yeah, it was Jack Ruby, the guy that shot. Um, the guy who shot the president, Lee, Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, yeah. So that photo, it's like black and white and like it's been set the right, it's a little bit blurry and stuff. That photo is infinitely better than a beautifully like sharp photo of a boring, I, I don't know, anything boring, you know? Flower or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, if the story is cool, the photo can be less than, you know? So it's it's important for kids to realize that like maybe don't buy that extra lens because you think you need it maybe go on a trip somewhere or maybe go somewhere interesting yeah Yeah. and that was kind of a big turning point for me when i like went overseas and um because yeah like i was really unhappy with how my photos were looking like just didn't know why i didn't like the stuff because i wasn't shooting anything interesting yeah you know and i was like well i'm not interesting like I'm not doing anything interesting. Right. There's nothing cool going on. So then when I started to try and and like that was just because of my job. I was very lucky in that. The more interesting stuff I did, the the more happier the happier I was with the images that I was making. Yeah. And it's just like just go do some cool stuff. Yeah. You, you know. And I guess that at that point as well, that's when pe- more people with interesting ideas are going to reach out to you as well. So it's just going to keep building on itself. If you've got boring stuff, boring people are going to say, here, take a picture of, um, you know, the backseat of my car for me. And um, you're going to be like, okay, cool. That's, that's yeah. really fulfilling. You only get the work that you show, I yeah. think, like in your folio. Like, um, it's hard because like, how do you get the cool work if you don't have cool stuff in your portfolio and then but you know there's ways around that i used to do cool stuff at the club like they would let me shoot like you know i froze cans in big blocks of ice to promote and then photograph those cans like in a solid block of ice and that was just because i saw someone did it something similar i was like yeah that could be a cool concept or 
yeah so you chat or like you know got like the job i had at the camera shop like that enabled me the ability to spend a bit of time because all my bills were paid i was a student well i just ex-student actually and so i had all the time in the world like enough time to make mistakes and try new things and stuff like that yeah. so um yeah like if you yeah unfortunately you do have to have interesting work for clients to propose interesting briefs to you and um uh clients are a lot um less imaginative than you would imagine than you would think so like especially in adelaide like because i can i would try me and my friends try and pride ourselves on the ability to shoot any kind of photo yeah like that's our job like i you know we try not to have anyone star but a lot of marketers a lot of clients say they want a um you know a girl jumping on a trampoline with a red balloon they almost want to see that in your portfolio already yeah right. you know and you know you're not going to go to like a uh like a food photographer to shoot a photo of a building you know you like you need to see some yeah sense of like skill in an area but like i've heard before like friends who are could be clients you know but i've done a little bit they're like oh no we see you as this kind of photographer or like this and it's like are you, are you serious like they're like oh what kind of stuff do you want to shoot like what 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 kind of it's like if there's money there, like, that's what you're paying me for. Like, I definitely consider myself to be a tradesperson, like not, not creative. Like I don't consider myself to be like, I'm definitely not an artist and creative. Mm, I, I, I would even err away from that. Unless you're a client, if you're a client asking me to do something creative, I'll come up with something cool. But you know, like I basically approach things from a design perspective as in like, you give me a problem yep. and I'll apply lots of rules that I've learned to solve that problem okay so you know oh cool you want me to shoot uh this this and this then i'm gonna learn how to do it you know like and um Adel like adelaide you can't be a specialist here like sydney yeah cool we need a automotive photographer a guy who's gonna shoot cars in adelaide like you think you can make a living shooting cars here like yeah. you think solitaire or like oh, sorry shit <laughs> Um, you know, like, cool, they, they have money, but they don't have enough money to support 10 photographers shooting cars oh, yeah. all the time, you know? So, um, in Adelaide, you really have to be a jack of all trades. And, uh, I think what me and my friends try and pride ourselves on is the fact that we don't have a certain style. Um, like some of my friends do have a, like a more distinct style than me. Definitely. Like I don't really have a style at all, but do you have a signature? You mentioned like you, like as a, an assistant, you knew, you know, what shot was coming mm -hmm. up next. Like maybe it's going to be a signature shot. So wants to use this. Do you have something like that? Yeah. Like there are a lot of people like portraits a certain way. Um, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Uh, maybe another five or 10 years and yeah. I'll probably get that look down because it, a lot of the time photographers signatures comes on it dependent upon just what they put online. Right. Like they curate that, you know, and I'm still at a point where like, I just want to put everything I shoot online. Absolutely right. everything. Like most of the stuff, you know, and the older you get or the more advanced you get, the less work you show. Mm -hmm. And I'm really bad at not showing work because like a lot of people curate their website really beautifully and they have their signature. So your signature isn't necessarily what you shoot, what you shoot. It's probably just what you don't show. And so it's, um, 
you know, I know a lot of people that shoot like fashion mm-hmm. or whatever, and they shoot a lot of stuff on the side, but they only want to be known as a fashion photographer. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like not, not really. Um, like for a while it was BMX, you yeah. know, and if I was shooting portraits, it would be BMX portraits. You know, I'd love to be still doing it, but a year, like, oh, you know, I did it before I moved over to, to, um, to Germany. But like when I was there, like that was all I was doing. Okay. Yeah, it was great. Like it was fucking sick. Yeah. It's like the best thing in my life. So BMX, was that something that you were engaged in before photography? Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Down like in Mount Gambia? Yeah, in the Gams. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like I grew up, like BMX and skateboarding is, and I guess just sport sometimes as well, is a bit of an escape for a lot of kids. Um, I was really lucky that I didn't really need an escape. Like mum and dad, like I was super fortunate and had a really um, supportive family and everything was all sweet at home. But I was on like a holiday somewhere and I saw a BMX magazine and it was just like, like, I like that was it. Like I have absolutely no idea what I'd be doing now if it wasn't for BMX. I wouldn't be the same person. I wouldn't mm. have the same friends. I wouldn't have the same point of view. Every single part of my life is because of BMX. Right. And I wasn't even that good. Like I was hor- like I uh, was horrible at riding, but like um like uh I picked up this mag and like us I think I had pocket money and I bought it and I got a bike soon after I went halves for a Christmas and birthday present, got a bike and um like maybe three years ago at a friend's house who was the editor of an old magazine. Um, he had all the back issues of this particular, not the same magazine, but he had every magazine ever. Yeah. And I found that issue. So like I would have been 25 and I would have picked up that issue when I was probably 14. Wow. And I was almost like, I was welling up almost in tears looking through because I could, predict what was coming up on the next page yeah like i was like yep this guy's gonna do this trick double page spread yep cool then there's gonna be this article with this person and so before the internet really like every month holy shit like that i would pour through that magazine like man so much and these people were like gods and every part the design aspects to it the stickers the lifestyle you know like i didn't really you know, like when you're a kid in that game, you don't really get much escape from people you know and stuff. And these people were like going to different countries and riding and being hood rats and like doing stuff. And so, uh, like, not that that's, I didn't do any of that stuff all through high school because you can't in a country town. But, you know, it, it connected me to a couple of good mates. And, um, yeah, then came to Adelaide and got to like I knew people in Adelaide before I moved to Adelaide because of BMX you know and like I I went to college uh first two years of uni and college was like hey like we're going to the pub again it's like oh we've been there like three times this week yeah (laughs) and they're like what are you gonna do I was like I don't know like I've been I've been wanting to go to that skate park like city park like I've you know, I know it doesn't seem like a big thing for people that live in Adelaide, but we don't have parks like that. Like, I'm going there. Like, yeah. I'm hanging out with my other friends in Adelaide, you know. And um, and so, yeah, every Saturday I would, like, go to the shop and make really good friendships with those guys. And um, 
that was really good for a few years. Like, it was, it was still really good. Road got hurt a bunch of times. Like, um, was lucky enough to shoot a cover for a magazine, which, like, will never happen again for anyone. Like, sorry yeah. if you're, like, a young kid yeah. and, like, you're never, ever getting a cover of a magazine. Um, well, maybe um, if it's, like, if it has a resurgence. But, um, and so that was, like, a nice big tick to, to get a cover with my friend Ryan. And um, uh, then commercial work kind of got pretty busy and it, it's very hard to give up, like, a whole Saturday for potentially nothing, you know, like obviously you're hanging out with your buddies and all that, but a lot of it is just kind of like hanging out at the shop. Okay. It's three o'clock in the Arvo. What are we doing? we might go get a photo. We might get a fine. We might get a rent. Like it's all of a sudden the like risk assessment, you start to do it in your head and you're like, Oh, I'm 24. Like, yeah. <laughs> and in Adelaide, like, sure. There are people that are 35 that are killing it in LA and stuff like that. But in Adelaide, nah, I got work to do. And yeah. so, um, and obviously like, there's no sponsorship money or anything here. And so kind of chilled on it for a while. And then I, um, saw an ad for a graphic designer in Germany. Oh, sorry. Like I was on Facebook one night and, um, uh, saw an ad just randomly went on an old bike company Facebook which is super weird like just on some rabbit hole yeah. like of a journey on Facebook and they were like looking for a graphic designer and I uh, turned the camera on on my laptop and I just started recording video like in garage bar and I was like hey um, my name's Ben and I like this is a degree I have in design and here I'm just gonna uh, like I've shot, I've ridden my BMX my whole life and I work as a commercial photographer, but uh, here's all my BMX photography. Um, you know, I don't have much to show, but what I do have, I'm quite proud of and I think it's strong. I do a lot of video. Look, I'm not sure if you're looking for anyone like me, but hey, whatever. And I replied and it was a British dude and he was like, hey, like, yeah, we like your stuff. Um, you know, could you send across a bit more design work and like, send a bit more and did a little mock thing for them. And they're like, hey, if a position were to become available, would you move? And it's like, holy shit. Like, like, I'd never even, I went to Singapore when I was a little kid. But besides that, I barely, like, I'd never left the country besides that. Yeah. And yeah, it came about and they offered me the job and they said, hey, look, we'll take care of your flights if you come over. And yeah, it like chowed off the girl that I was seeing at the time and um, sold my car, sold my fridge, did a big like fire sale of all my stuff and I think it was four weeks and I was in Cologne and yeah had never like Europe was not even on my radar like maybe the states but not Europe like Germany and uh yeah I was there for 13 months I think okay um working as a photographer kind of like producing content video going on trips with guys I managed to go to like Latvia and Estonia and France and Amsterdam and went to the UK a couple of times and it was the fucking best thing ever. Like it was insanity. Yeah. Wow. Uh, gave me an idea of what it would be like, especially coming from a, like Australia. There's nothing going on here. BMX yeah. wise, you know, similar to if you follow NBA, you know, like it's, there's not, and to go over there and to see that like, all the pros and to be a part of it. And it was just another day for them. Yeah. You know, one of my good friends, Max, like he, some, uh, he rode for the company that I worked for. He lived in the town across from us and pretty much weekly he would come over and we would watch Archer and 
like just drink and have a good time. And Max, like probably eight years earlier, me and my friends in high school would have been rewinding videos of him. Like, right. wow. like I would have been practicing my photography, pausing the DVD at the time when I would take the photo. Oh, <laughs> so and like he ended up like giving me a bunch of furniture, and I still talk to him all the time. And he's a fucking god. Like, and he like it was, yeah, it um yeah that those moments were pretty, pretty crazy. There's another one like um, I went to Paris for my birthday one weekend just because like. You fucking can over there. It's like four yeah. hours away. Like I, I left work on a Friday at six, and I was in my Airbnb by ten in Paris. And um, uh, through a few friends, I met up with this US dude who I'd met once before in Adelaide, which was kind of weird. But um, we rode all day and just hung out. And then um, that night, uh, we just went out for dinner, and they bought me a bunch of beer, all the locals, and just all BMX riders. And I shot some photos with them, and. Um, had a really good birthday with them. And then the next day, dad gave me a Skype and he was like, Hey, how's your birthday? And he's like, sorry, we can't be there. I was like, yeah, it's all good. And he's like, how is it? And how's it feeling? Cause I'd been overseas for a while at this point. And, um, I was like, Oh, in like year nine art, I'd like ripped a poster out of a magazine and like painted the picture. It was like fisheye, this guy doing like a ice pick down a rail next to a wall. Yeah. And I like, drew it and it looked, looked really cool and I wish I still had it. But, um, and I was talking to dad. I was like, oh, that painting, um, I actually rode with that guy all day yesterday and shot photos with him, a guy called Corey Martinez. And like, like to be able to like, you know, like he was just like a really good friend and we still talk on Instagram all the time, but yeah. like. 10 years after I was like painting pictures of this guy to put on the fucking fridge at home, he was like, Hey, did you want to shoot some photos? And I was like, Oh, it sucks. You have to go back to work because like, we're just about to go on this trip and you could wow. shoot the stills. And like from that, like there's no, it's like that fucking book of the secret where you just like, Oh yeah. Put the, en- yeah, the en- put the yeah. positive energy out. Yeah. That. It was, it's one of the, like to come from, yeah, like it's different if you're like in America or England because this stuff is relatively accessible. But to come from Australia, like it's not a thing. Like it's just not a thing that you can do. And um, yeah, like it's hard. I had to like really reframe what my goals were after that because I was really just like, there's nothing else I would want to do ever. Like yeah. as in I'd move back. I, like after that, I'd had a year and I'd, was like really seriously in, like interested in my now girlfriend and um but after that it was just like cool no goals like i don't give a fuck like burn everything down like this is like i could get hit by a bus would not care right you know like like i would care and like the people around me would hopefully but um <laughs> just like as like a just a personal reflection like anytime there's like turbulence in an airplane or any shit like that i don't care yeah right. like nothing nothing bad like nothing can take that feeling of like um you know all those stereotypes of like people that work all their lives to achieve like i feel so lucky that i did it by 25 yeah and it was like a pretty small small goal that's some people would consider and it's not a fun goal to think about like lying in the gutter in barcelona trying to get the right fisheye angle and there's like literal shit next to you and there's like a hypodermic needle over there and 
you're like, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. Like, you know, like, I can't believe this guy's trusting me to shoot this photo. And like, you're worried about the flashes if they're going to go off. And like, did you put extra batteries in that? And like the security guard coming and this guy, like he's from like the other side of the world and he won't get another chance to try this trick. And you're fucking, like, your finger is shaking and yeah, now it's kind of like, oh, cool. We have to shoot a portrait of a scientist. Cool. It's yeah. like the easiest, like, not that it's any less valuable, but it's like, I'm not stressing. Like, yeah. I, like nothing is going to get harder than that. So like pedaling around Barcelona for 12 hours with a 25 kilo backpack on, like, and for 10 days straight, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, so that was definitely like, yeah, not nothing else can. So I had to kind of like reframe like what I wanted to do career wise yeah, and, right. and goals and stuff like that when I came back. Um, so now with the the commercial stuff, is that uh, business sort of word of mouth is just sort of coming in by itself? Do you need to push for that? Like I saw you did uh, a portrait of Julia Gillard the other day, the ex prime minister. So. How did that come about? Uh, like, I'm probably a little bit like uh, a bit of a fraud in this case because I actually work for the uni now. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a like a salaried employee for a university here in, in Adelaide. And um, that does open up a lot of really great opportunities mm-hmm. um, that I have to like push for. Um, but Julia was giving a keynote at the uni. And um, I talked to a few people down the chain and I was like, look, we're here. The creative that we have for her isn't great. Yeah. Um, I'd love to utilize this as an opportunity to shoot a new portrait of her. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, okay, we'll put it to her people. And then that comes back and like, yes, yeah, what you got the green light. Okay, great. And so a lot of like, yeah, like a lot of it is just because it's my job and I'm really lucky that I can push and pull here and there. But yeah, the, the word of mouth thing, like, yeah, it, it's pretty much that. Like, if you do good work and people see it, then they'll come to you. And, um, yeah, like, it's hard. Um, it, it's hard, but it's not. Like, if I could, I've said before, like, if I could find an easier job to do, I would do it. But this is, like, the easiest thing ever. Like, right. for me, it's just, like, breathing. Like, not shooting photos, that sounds a little bit wanky, but as in, like, I couldn't work again. That's more cliched stuff. Like I couldn't work in an office or stuff like that, but it's, it's just like, um, I couldn't imagine anything else that would come. Like when I do work, it really feels like it's just like, Oh cool. Like it's happening and we're doing it. Like it doesn't feel, it's not like a force, you know? Yeah. Like draining your energy trying to, yeah. Like it is sometimes I definitely like, it's always work. You know, like, I hate when people say, oh, this will be fun. It's never fucking fun. Like, ever. (laughs) Like, for five minutes at the end of the day, it might be fun. Yeah. You know, it's professionally satisfying, for sure. Like, um, and, you know, a lot of the time I'm, I don't know, there was a shoot I did years ago and it was like a 16-hour day that I I fucked up and I didn't get a producer for it. And so I was kind of managing the whole thing. And it was like five o'clock. We'd been shooting for about 12 hours. And one of the girls on set was like, hey, like I'm going to go get some Cokes and beers and stuff. And I'm looking at her like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we still have four hours left of shooting. 
Like, what are you doing? Like, we need to keep grinding. Yeah. Like, this is, we're working right now. And it's like, I'll drink in four hours. Like, it's about, compl- like, I'm so, it might be like an anger thing or, but I'm so driven to complete the work as best as I can. Like, you miss lunches. Or, like, I never ask assistants to miss food and stuff like that. But I'm so driven to, like, if, like, for example, on a shoot day, don't need an alarm. Like, yeah. I'll always have an alarm, but I'll be up half an hour before that. Because yeah. my, like, and I'm so sure it's the same with, I'm sure I'm not special in that regard. But, like, the word of mouth thing, like, sorry. Yeah. Um, old mate Smokey. That's my dad. Um, like if, if you do good work, you want to believe that people will come. Yeah. And it's like, and it is true to a certain extent. Like, um, there are some clients I have that I've had for like 10 years. Wow. Um, and you know, not saying like they might only have like a thousand bucks a year for me, yeah. like not much, maybe two or three. But when I meet, like, it's lovely to go, like, I found, I stumbled upon an old email from, like, eight years ago. And it was, like, a client being like, oh, thank you so much for this. And, like, the amount of times I've had dinner with that client and, like, talked to them and not even about work. Yeah. You know, like, I've hung out with their kids at the dog park and all that stuff. And so, um, when I meet new clients now, I, I make a point of telling them that, like, I expect all new relationships to last 10 years. Yeah. And for me, like, because it's, like, I don't... A lot of what happens when you are kind of doing work is that you're all, everyone's all happy and smiley. Everyone's like, yeah, this is going to be great. And then all of a sudden things start to peter off. And by the end of the job, everyone's pissed at one another. Yeah. They talk shit. And like, what I try and do now is like have more of like a brother sister type relationship with clients. And, um, it works well because I'm getting closer to age in the people that I work with. They're getting younger and I'm getting older. So we're kind of getting to the middle bit. Yeah. And, but when I, I'm trying to be really honest with them and I say, look, there'll be times when you don't like when I really need you to reply to an email, you know, it, there'll be times when we really need to work, but then there'll be other times where you don't want me to call and that's okay. Just tell me, yeah. you know, because this isn't a relationship that like peaks too early, you know, like if we're going to hang out for 10 years, like, I want us to be super transparent and I want you to be honest with me and I'll be honest with you. And you know, if you don't have that, if you don't have enough money, that's, if you don't have the rate, that's fine. If you have more money, tell me and we'll, we'll give you more value. Excuse me. Um, and it's worked out. Okay. Like clients, I think respect that. And because it shows a bit of like, um, not humility, but, um, like vulnerability yeah. like i said like if i said to clients like hey look i need half of this like sorry i'd never ask for half of it up front but i need like f- like 20 percent of it because i just can't afford to do what you're i need to staff up or something like that and um or if they're like hey do you want to deposit it's like no it's fine I don't need, like i know you're good for the money it's all good you know and so like there's always this push and pull but with this relationship that I try and build with clients now, it's like, I'm not going anywhere Yeah. and you're not going anywhere. And I know that we have to do good work and I'll do good work for you. And ultimately I'm here to make you look great in front of your bosses. It's something that you hear about from maybe your folks or something um, from back in the day. And that is how business used to be. And now we live in a fast paced world. Everything you want, you know, it's a microwave society. We want everything quickly. We want it now. Um, and you know, business is in out, get grab bung. Like we, 
we're not establishing relationships anymore. And so even like today, I went on a test drive in a vehicle and um, the dude was really friendly and like, I get that, he wants me to buy a car. Uh, and then once the test drive was over, he was like, all right, if you need anything else, here's my card. And he, he was trying to get me out the door so he could get to the next client. And it's just like, you know, I don't want to be the guy's best friend, but there is there is some quality missing in in service these days. Mm. Yeah, and like we are like, you know, even I said that I consider myself like a tradesperson. We're also service providers. And a lot of what kids get mixed up in, and I used to do it as well. I still do it sometimes. It's like you worry about things that the client doesn't even know. Yeah. You know? And like a lot of it is how you treat them. You know, don't fuck the job up. You know, make sure everyone has a good time. Like make sure they get what they want, you know, and shooting weddings was actually a really good teacher in that. Right. Like, so me and my buddy, Andre, we shoot, I don't know, five or six weddings a year together, mm-hmm. maybe less than, and it's like a nice little thing that we do, pays, pays okay, we just split it because it's way easier. We've been really fortunate to have shot a lot of friends' weddings and um, um, I'm sure we'll shoot Steve and Ash soon, um, <laughs> which should be great. Um, and so like shooting weddings, it gives you a really good indication of exactly what the client wants. Yeah. Cause a bride will fucking tell you. Oh, absolutely. Like the, if the bride, if you miss a photo of like an auntie, like you're going to hear about it. And it was great because all of a sudden I had, I was, these brides we were going through the selects and the bride was like, no, nah, I don't like that. I don't like that. I like this. And in my mind, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, I love those first two shots. This third one's not doing anything for me, but it forces you to think about what the client wants. Yeah. And, you know, like corporate in commercial work, like, yes, the client sometimes might give you a brief that's a bit messy, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not quite right. And, you know, the client isn't always right, but the client is always the client. Like they've come to you, they've got money, you're getting paid a lot more. Like hopefully you're getting paid a lot more than if you were like cooking burgers you know and so you should respect that relationship and so yeah like it like i remember i did a big corporate job um when i was really young and it was fucking massive like it was the most insane amount of money for like yeah and like the morning of i was like sweating and it was the most stressed i've ever been but I just went back and, you know, it's scary when you're on a commercial job for the first time and when you've been the assistant for so long, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, 10 people turn to you and they're like, cool, what do we do? Yeah. And you've got people that are 40 years old, people that are 50 years old, you've got the client who's spending a lot of money on this agency and then you're getting a cut of that and you're the person who has to make the decision and you've literally got to do it without even breaking a sweat and... On that job, I think what saved me... Because the technical wasn't... I wasn't very good. Um, but what really saved me is my like ability to just not be an idiot. Like, not be an idiot yeah. And not to be socially awkward. Underrated and, um, ability, by the way. And so, definitely. And like that experience that... I, like I worked at Target as, I was, as a kid. Like selling iPods to moms. And like, I think it honestly, like those skills of just... You know, you're getting paid to provide a service and a product and you're not getting paid like there's got to be no problems Mm -hmm. you know you've got to be ready for anything and even if there is a problem it's fine you know and that comes with that transparency like i had a huge huge problem with a project over the weekend 
massive like the whole project was like kind of at risk but again like you just share that those concerns with the client make sure that they're across it and it's fine like you're along the ride together and on that first job yeah i remember the client afterwards being like hey look we're really impressed i know they weren't impressed with the work because the work was meh yeah but it was like all right cool that worked for me you know yeah like being the guy talking you know and and not blowing smoke to the client but just talking them through the process like oh that kid has the client brought his like we're doing a big jewelry campaign and the client brought his son and his son had a phone with a bmx sticker on it so i'm talking shit with the client's son about bmx and then later i make sure i send a little email to the client being like hey look your son asked me a few photography questions these are some bmx photos that i really like this is what he can do it's just like just be nice to be around add value you got to be good but like I feel that like I put so many years into thinking the wrong thing Mm -hmm. that like I should be the wrong kind of photographer. So yeah, I think a lot of the time just like it's just helped me a lot to just be a nice, try and be a nice person. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of like clients that if they could hear this would be like, fuck off, Ben, like you were such a dick to us. Like, (laughs) um, but even like the, you know, the job we did with, um, uh, What's Dan's nickname? Housemate Dan. Housemate Dan. Like, did a really big com- commercial corporate job. Probably the most corporate you could get, like, being in real estate on a couple of weekends ago. And it was a beautiful job. And that's the kind of job that a lot of people would be like, oh, we didn't think you would want to do, like, yeah. a big event. Yeah. And for me and my buddy that shot the stills and I did video, it's a great event. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, exciting. And it's, like, there was these crazy aerial dances. And the client was lovely. And they just want a result. And part of that challenge now is getting them that result. Yeah. And, um, sorry, I know I'm kind of talking a bit too much. No, I was just thinking that would be, um, like, all I saw from that event was Dan's bullshit Snapchat, which, you know, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody thinks um, that everybody needs to see that. But, like... It, it was so underwhelming that like if I I'd, I'd love to see those photos because it, it did look like a big event but it's just this pixelated moving oh, yeah. fucking bullshit that's like yeah being able to perform like being able to produce imagery like that's the kind of stuff where we shine yeah. you know is in difficult situations if it's like yeah and like Andre who's a skate photographer you know like again like oh there's an aerial silk dancer 10 feet up in the air cool we got it yeah like there's no problems there like we're shooting it and they're really thrilled with the photos and the video looks really similar and um again it goes back to that design orientated thinking they've got a problem how do we produce content from this dinner and uh, you know we talked before about the frustration of like new kids on the block with their phones doing stuff and that stuff doesn't bother me as much as what does happen is like you get people who, like I talked about how I try not to have a style. You get people who are basing their entire, you know, um, relatively uh, juvenile career mm-hmm. on style. Yes. They've been around for like a year. Not saying that you can't be good in a year, but like um, their whole thing is like, okay, just because it's easy. Yeah, cool. Fashion photographer. Yeah. And that's the one that like everyone likes to be that like maybe they've done a year and a half of design school oh i just saw like some trendy dude shooting a kardashian 
Steel's campaign or this Tyler dude just shot Beyonce. Yeah, I'm going to be that guy or that girl. And yeah. yeah, there's so many of them. And all like more power to them. You don't get to shoot fashion by accident. Like you got to really hone in on that, but shoot a corporate event. Yeah. You know, shoot a wedding, you know, and a lot of people kind of shy away from that being like, no, 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 that's not my style. It's like, are you sure? Are you yeah. sure it's not your style or can you just not do it? And um, a lot of the stuff, sometimes I actually do the inverse of that. <clears throat> like, um, uh, so Scott and Ali's Luna Wolf. Yep. Um, really cool, vintage. Like, I, I hope they're still doing a bit of it. Um, I don't know. But like, so they were doing the, like the vintage, clothing vintage thing for a good minute and it was killing it. And um, I think Ali or Scott, one of them said, hey, would you like to shoot? like do a shoot. I was like, of course, I'd love to. Yeah. And so we got, they got some really cool, mo- like I think one really cool, one or two really cool models and we spent a day. It was so fucking hot. And like, it gives me so, like, I don't know, like the images we got were cool and I was happy with them, but it gives me so much more gratification to like see styles like that. Like if it's a Terry Richardson or like a lo-fi kind of style of shooting. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm trying to shoot like Harper's Bazaar, Fashion or Vogue or whatever, but like every now and again, I love being able to kind of dip my toe in the water and be like, yeah, I can do this. Do you have specific favorite um, photographers or, um, you know, people who you draw inspiration from? Yeah, like for a long time, I didn't just because I didn't really like have much maturity in in the um, field. Um like I look up to my friends all the time and like they always give you a different way to look at things. Um, there's uh, like, um, sorry. Well, like the obvious one that I would always go to is a guy called Dan Winters. Um, I'll send you a link. It's okay. like, so bit of a background. So Dan Winters is like, um, he's from Austin. He went to New York and like now he's back in Austin he shoots a lot of stuff for Wired, but he shoots a lot of stuff for Hollywood, which is interesting because he's the least Hollywood person, but he shoots a lot, most of his stuff on large format film, which, and like, I'm not saying I like him because he shoots film because that's kind of like a played out, uh, like, like thing to like, like he just shoots it because that's what he likes and the aesthetic of it looks kind of cool. Yeah. But this motherfucker, oh my God, like I got to like... Rihanna, my girlfriend, was nice enough to buy me a couple of his books. And um, I can't even describe this guy's thought process. Like he built, like a, a, probably a good way to encapsulate it, his approach is that he was shooting, the Oscars do like a magazine or something and he had to shoot the cover of this things, of this magazine. And so he envisioned this like studio, this like wooden, kind of like Sweeney Todd's yep. room. So you can yep. imagine big window, timber everywhere, beautiful he convinced this client to spend 22,000 US just to build that room for two photos. And so it was a wide photo, like where he showed full length of this girl in a dress and then he pulled in for a tight photo. And he drew, like in his book, he's got the sketches of this set. And like set design is no new thing for a movie that spent millions of dollars on it. But this is like one guy, just one guy going to a client and being like, yeah, I know, like, you know, I can do this. And he'd build a set for Denzel, which was like one of his big, like big, first big names shooting for 
for him and he built this little set and he built sculptures and photographs of sculptures and like he shot you know he's shot Tupac he's like he shot everyone and his approach and the fact like he'll go cover like there was wildfires in Texas and he went and like this wife like there's this guy who like you know the silver blanket like yeah so that's the last resort if you're in a bushfire and so this lady was holding like a silver blanket like burnt and that was her husband like he pulled this blanket over him to save his like he died obviously all she had was this bit of aluminium with like his wedding ring and like and so Dan Winters is like photographing this whole series of images of widows from but then he'll go shoot Will Ferrell the next day and like but he's like like he goes over budget he invests the money himself you know he builds things and like um yeah and then he you know got into beekeeping and he was photographing bees under an electron um microscope and like his thought process is amazing um other photographers that i like i don't know like um fuck like i'm I'm forget oh like bmx like um, there's probably no one into bmx listening to this but there's like rob delecki and jeff z and um Ryan Fudger and all that kind of stuff that ride BMX that shoot the best BMX stuff. Um, there is a guy, Harrison Boyce. Um, so Harrison Boyce is a designer in BMX, but now he's a more of a director. Yep. He moved to New York and I don't know if you've seen any of Nigel's Go series. So yeah. Nigel Sylvester is a BMX rider and he's not very well respected in BMX anymore, but he just got his own Jordan. And um, Harrison has like pioneered, he's made the break from bmx to he's doing gucci commercials he he has done like two pusher video clips oh wow yeah he made this bootleg pusher film clip to uh, what's the song um fuck, i can't remember the song oh my god but um uh basically like he made a bootleg video clip on a laptop on a flight just using google images and push like retweeted that saying you're like Harrison Boyce is a genius and then he did two more film clips for the dude wow yeah and like I think it's really important to like not just look at photographers you know like I come from a design background and so sometimes on a job I get to do design sometimes I get to do photography sometimes I get to do video and now I'm actually doing more like installation like physical things and I think uh like you know the day you are only a writer is the day you cease to be a writer, yeah. you know? So, uh, I think it's really important. Like I used to build furniture and shit like really badly, but like I would build like lamps and shit at like for myself at uni. And, um, I would sit in architecture lectures at uni cause I don't really check who goes in the room and just like, <laughs> because like you have so much time, like kids aren't around at the moment. And so, you know, you can just look at photographers, but I really like looking outside of that because you you don't, the older you get, the more you realize like you don't want to work. Like when you're younger, you do like your work as a photographer because you like it because yeah. you know, shooting at the club is fun and you don't pay for booze. But like after a while, like you need to look outside your job. Yeah. And um, looking at directors, looking at sculptors. Yeah. Like looking at artists, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
that way of thinking is really interesting to me. Um, so yeah, as far as like, like there's a lot of people that I look up to on, like you can probably just go on my Instagram and like follow the, like it's pretty easy now. Like yeah. I actually like the other day I was talking to someone who mentioned that they purposely don't follow people on Instagram. They have a separate Instagram that's private that they follow all their influences on because oh, okay. they don't want people to go on their profile, look at their, who they're following. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't want you to see where I'm getting all my ideas from. Ah, uh, yeah. Because what happened, like, I've, I've had it before. Like, I went on some guy's profile who I was friends of, you know, acquaintances with. And I like, yes, he's following the same, like, you know, Supreme, fucking Wired. Yeah. All that stuff. But then it's like real niche ones. It's like, you've just gone straight through my follower. Like, yeah. And that, and like, that's fine. Like, hey, like, I'm not special because I followed certain people, you know, but it is interesting. Yeah, this guy, this other guy I was talking to was like, nah, I keep all that stuff private. No one's seeing, like, yeah, yeah you know, like the... Something I've never really thought about. Oh, dude, hiding your, hiding your sources is key to being an artist. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if you've heard, but everything here at the Welcome to the Potty podcast is all unsourced. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, um, no, I'm all about it. Um, no, so... Uh, yeah, before you go, you had a you had a little gig with um, Katy Perry recently when she she had a concert in Adelaide. Oh yeah. So what what was that? And was that was that so was that through the uni? Nah, so that was through a really good client of ours, um, Westfield. Okay. And so Maya brought. So I think she was here on a tour. She was here doing a witness tour, and um, she has a shoe line with Maya. Okay. And Maya flew her to all the Westfields um, and she did like an appearance. Oh, dude, it was a crazy, like celebrity really interests me. It's insane. Yeah. I've kind of come full circle as in like, you know, when you're a teenager and you couldn't care less about celeb, like, yeah. you know, and now like, you know, we saw a little bit of it at the club, like Drake was in Mr. Kim's, Calvin Harris was at Rooftop. Um, Skepta was like at the Therby one night. Rihanna was, um, in limbo drinking and stuff like that. And so even though we're in little old Adelaide, we still get to see a bit of this this stuff. Um, and because like those walls are getting knocked down, celebrities are being a lot more transparent and stuff like that. That whole, like she, she was there for like, I had maybe 30 seconds to shoot photos of her. Yeah. Didn't talk to her. She didn't talk to me. Um, then I got pushed out, which is like, that's they're like, yep, cool. We're done here. Wow. It's all good. Um, and then she was there for probably on stage for probably t- less than 20 minutes. And the infrastructure, the money, the security guards that they had put in, it's just crazy. Like, not, I'm not saying it's too much because clearly it's what they need. Yeah. But it, Oh, man, celebrity just like it really interests me because these people are normal people, but they're so not. Like uh, Elon was here. Um, Tesla were doing something like last year or two years ago. Oh, he came to check on the battery actually. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did this video with this graduate of, of the university who helped build the battery. She's like a phenom, and I was like, oh, I did like. Elon drive three and a half hours to like, um, the battery, like, which, sorry, the massive battery that got built out in near Snowtown. And she's like, you think he drove? Like he's got his own helicopter. Like 
he's helicoptering out there to this event. And she was like, yeah, I basically ran around all night keeping the lights on. Cause he like, if you know, he was there and nothing could go wrong. And, um, yeah, like I find it so fascinating. It is. I was, Kendrick was in town mm. a few months ago and I went there and I was enthralled by the unity of that building. That many people in one place at one time, there's got to be some hate, a fight, nothing. Cause everyone was just there for the music. Everyone just like was loving it. Everyone's got their hands in the air when he tells you to do it. Everyone's singing the same lyric. Like well, he's bringing he the made, world together, man. I like, think he made it through humble without singing a verse, you know, yeah. like, or one of like, he sung the intro. And <laughs> that was it. Yeah, the crowd. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, um, like I, 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 when I was in America, I went to a lot of um, NBA games and they come out of the tunnel and kids and stuff hang their uh, mm. arms down the tunnel. And I just remember I was in Chicago watching the Bulls play. I think they were playing against New York. And Joakim Noah comes out, gives this girl a high five and she just broke down. Mm. Just broke down into tears because she got a high five from some dude she's never met. And it's just like, mm. what is that? Yeah, it's... The celebrity, yeah, oh, it's it's really fascinating because like they, f- it feels like they can give you all the time in the world, but they like they have no, yeah, I don't I don't even know how to describe because we feel like they're right there. Yeah, you know, Dwayne Johnson, like you feel like he's right yeah. there, and you've got a relationship with him. Yeah, that's the yeah. that's the crazy thing is like, I feel like if I saw Dwayne Johnson, mm. I'd be able to say what's up and he'd he'd know yeah. me and say what's up back, but he doesn't. Mm. <laughs> And that's the thing, like celebrities pass away and we get upset because we feel like we know them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, oh yeah, it's fascinating. Like, yeah, it it would be, and it's just interesting to imagine what their days would be like or what their, Mm. because their life is not like... Someone else is running their life. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of people say that Beyonce is like so empowered and all this shit and like, no, like her media team is just on point. Yeah. You know, like she's just hiring, you know, it's, you know, she's hiring the right people. But like, yeah, behind every like, you know, great celebrity public image, there's like a team of people that are doing their job really well. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But, um, and they're only as good as they, I don't know, like we just saw like, fuck, Serena was killing it. Like she was riding the wave of like Nike just launched this brand new campaign. And then like, unfortunately, because like she's a professional athlete and stuff gets the better of everyone. She blew up, I don't know, two nights ago, three nights ago. Yeah. And like, yeah, like the the hundreds of millions of dollars that Nike would have spent to kind of cultivate that image, like she's well within her right to while out. Like she's got a baby, like, and then yeah. she's got to play the US Open. Like I freak out when like, I don't know, I forget to put the washing out, you know? And yeah. so like, <laughs> um, yeah, like they're still human. Like, dude, I used to think like, BMX riders were absolute lords. Yeah. And then I ended up getting in a, like a fist fight with one of them when they're on my, the team that I worked for, you know, like, so I think if you can start to scale that and like you look up to your idols or whatever, then you meet your idols and you realize that they're just normal people. Yeah. Like it's like one of the things you don't ever want to do is meet your idols. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just like completely just dissolves any hope that you, like and you put them up on the pedestal and uh, yeah. you meet them and they're a dick to you or they like cock block you or something like that or yeah um 
that actually happened to me once. Like the guy stole a girl from me who I, like, he was literally the reason why I got into BMX. Oh. <laughs> and then like, like one of my first weeks away, we were at an event and he stole this girl from me. Jesus. And I was like, I got into my whole life is because I saw a picture of you, yeah. <laughs> dude. And oh man, whatever. Grimy. Yeah. All right. Are you familiar with Sourced Unsourced? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get into There was it. actually a... Um, oh, I listened to one the other day, which had a X Games question in it. Ah, Chiz. Yeah, yeah. I listened to a couple. Yeah. Uh, Chiz would have been a while ago, though. Um, yeah, nah. Hit me with it. Um, okay. Sorry. Sourced unsourced, Katy Perry is a Capricorn. Oh, I think true. Unsourced oh. is a Scorpio. Oh, damn it. Oh, before we start, well, that's that's a start. Oh, oh for one, do you have a charity that you're playing for? Answer, yeah, it? yeah, we can yeah. give it to Canteen. Give it to Canteen? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. <sighs> okay, question two. On the final straight of a BMX race... The leader is allowed to deliberately obstruct another rider from passing. I could say false. Correct. Yeah. That is unsourced. One and one. I feel like you gave me that one though, so. Photoshop 1.0 was released in 1990 for Macintosh only. Oh, 1990. And when was I don't even know when the first Mac was made. 1980. Yeah, I'm going to say true. Yep, sourced. Two, two right, one wrong. You get the next, you get one of the next two right. $50 goes to canteen. There is an average of 300 million photos added to Facebook per day. Yeah, yeah, that's totally going to be true. True. Okay, well, we'll do the last one for good measure. The first 35 millimeter SLR camera was introduced by Canon. Ah, that's gonna be false. That is false. Yeah. Unsourced. Uh, I don't know how to say this, but it's daguerreotype. No, Ihagi. Ihagi. Oh yeah. How's it spelled? I H A G E. Possibly. I'm not sure. Like. Well, according to my sources. Um, okay, 50 yeah. bucks to um, canteen. canteen. Awesome, enjoy All right. the money. Cool, anything else you wanted to get off your chest? No, that's it. Thanks for thanks for taking the time no. to be on the show. Thanks for having me, Clay. It was sick. I like your little setup here. It's good. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. Um... I learned some things about a friend of mine today because I didn't even know he did all that shit in Germany. As soon as we switched the mics off, I was like, oh, word? So, shows how much I know about a friend of mine or shows how much I listen. But it is what it is because now I know. Um, Just like you guys know that I'm the Jules Winfield of podcasts. And if you don't know, check Welcome to the Potty on Instagram. Um, But yeah, man. Uh, check the episode description um, for Ben's uh, Instagram page. Check out his work. He's dope. He's funny. Um, 
Yeah, man. But you know all our uh, our socials at Welcome Potty on Twitter, at Welcome to the Potty on Instagram. Find us at Welcome to the Potty on Facebook, and keep sending in that poor posture to Welcome to the Potty at Gmail dot com, because uh, I think that I think that's you guys' favorite um segment of the show. I know people keep sending through these Clay's Reviews requests, man. But, um, man, right now, I don't really have the time to be watching all the movies. I've, I've kept up with a couple of your uh, suggestions or requests for Clay's Reviews. But, like, I'll, 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 try and, I'll try and sort my shit out a bit this weekend. But, um, yeah, man, I've got to go. It's getting late. I've got to send this off to Moneymaker Mitch to uh, add the final touches and uh, upload this shit so you guys can... Hear it. I'm sorry for the delay in the episode, um, but we will never, ever miss an episode. Love you guys, and I hope you had a great hump day. Be safe for the rest of this week, and we will catch you on the weekend. Bang, bang. Baby, welcome to. Baby, welcome to.